Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. One of the most fascinating and terrifying themes of the playwrights has been parricide, the murder of a father by his own child. The fifth commandment reads, Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God hath given thee. But some people think that parents are not entitled to respect simply because they are parents. And it's thoughts like these, when carried to the extreme, that can lead to... Now, John, you gonna do as I tell you? No, Pa. I don't think I am. <laughs> Your nose is bleeding when I hit you. Wash your face and hands and come in for breakfast. And then we'll both go out and dig that ditch. You can dig that ditch all by yourself. And while you're at it, Pa, you can also dig yourself a nice big roomy hole for your grave. Our mystery drama, The Thing at Nolan was especially adapted for the Mystery Theater from the short story of Ambrose Bierce by Arnold Moss. It stars Russell Horton and Court Benson. The year is 1879, a hundred years ago. The place the southern part of the state of Missouri, the plateau of the Ozark Mountains, a unique region of soft hill scenery. The area is sparsely populated by a tough breed of pioneers, most of whom struggle to scratch a livelihood out of the livestock they breed and the forage crops they raise. It's a cool morning in June. The sun has just risen. Charles May, his wife Elvira, and their grown son, John, an isolated frontier family of fiercely self-reliant people, are finishing breakfast. I'll have another cup of coffee, Elvira, whenever. Yes, Charles, in just a minute. Oh, well, it looks like we're going to have another bright and sunny day. Don't it, John? Looks that way, Paul. You know, each morning when I open my eyes and look at them easy, beautiful hills out there, I still can't thank the Lord enough for giving my grandpa the good sense to stop here years ago and settle just where we did. Mm. Good old Missouri. Golden gateway to the West. You can laugh, John, but we ain't done bad. The work may be back-breaking at times, but it's worth it. Well, maybe to you, Paul. Meaning? Meaning nothing. Nothing at all. Oh, here's your coffee, Charles. Uh, I gotta figure out a way to get more water out of that lake to them cattle of ours. Uh, just eat enough gets to them. I was thinking maybe I could... Now, this coffee is hot, Elvira. This coffee's not hot at all. What's more, it tastes more like dishwater than it does like coffee. I'm very sorry, Charles. Now, if you'll just wait a minute, I'll make you another uh, coffee. Uh, never mind. I'll do without. It won't take me a minute. I said I'd do without. Or didn't you hear? But 
Charles, there's no reason to why. There's your coffee. Now hold your tongue. I said be quiet, woman. I'm ever so sorry, Charles. Now get out. I said get out and get out of your chores. Come, old woman. Paul, you got no right to talk to him all that way. No right. <laughs> Will you look who's talking? The boy who's teaching himself to read. I got a right to do a saying as I like. This is my house. Well, she didn't mean no harm, you know that. Ain't asking you nothing, John. But I'm telling you, whether you like it or not, now don't you talk that way to my ma ever again. You talk to her with respect. She has earned respect. <laughs> you that ain't the funniest thing I ever heard. <laughs> respect. You know, it ain't, it ain't funny, Paul. Ain't funny at all. And from now on, I mean to see that Ma's treated like a human being. <laughs> Are you gonna make me do that? Is that right? You give me cause. I'm big enough now and strong enough. <laughs> if you give me cause. <laughs> now, you just listen to me, son. Whatever happens around here, whatever, is going to happen just one way. The way it's always happened, the onlyest way, and that's my way. And neither you, my big, strong son, neither you nor nobody else is ever going to change that. Do I make myself clear? Very clear. Because that's the way it's going to be. Maybe, Pa. We'll see. Henry, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming all the way out here from Nolan just to bring me this new spade. Well, seven short miles for a cousin, it ain't much. It ain't nothing of a good sale, too. Business at the store ain't been all that good lately. That's uh, so. Besides, it is Sunday, and it gets a little lonely sometimes down in Nolan on Sundays. Schoolhouse closed, blacksmith shop closed, my general store closed. Hardly no one around to chew the fat with. And no one out on the lake and back of the store. Too hot. Uh, of course. Uh, this is one beautiful spade, Henry. <laughs> Good heft to it. Sharp cutting edges. Oh, the best, the brightest, the longest wear in that wholesale place in St. Louis has got to sell. You better carve your initials into the handle. Yeah, good idea. Big CM, in case, case anyone should take it into his head to borrow Charles May's property. Yeah, well, I'll get John to do just that. You remember with my lack of schooling, I can't tell one letter from any other. So you just tell him a big CM. You know, Henry... I finally figured out how to get the lake water down to my big pasture. You did? Yeah. You know where my creek makes a real sharp horseshoe turn to the west? That's uh, up near the foot of Medicine Lodge Hill. Yeah. I figure I can dig a deep ditch right through the woods. From there to the pasture. It's a little over half a mile only. And a big hole at the end of it. Oh, which will give you all the water you need and still keep your livestock inside the pasture. Yeah, but you'll need help. 
My son, John. We can start next Sunday, a week from today. Two of us together should be able to... Good morning, Henry. Well, ain't it more like good afternoon, John? You just get up? Well, Sunday I slept a little bit later than usual. Nearly noon, boy. Yeah, reckon it is. Where was you last night? Out. I asked where. Around. What time did you get home? Kind of late. Very late. What kind of foolishness was you up to? I don't think I care to answer that, Paul. Or any of the other questions you've been asking, you'll uh, have to excuse me. I'm real hungry. Going to get me some breakfast. Well, I should Easy, 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 Charles. Boy has a right to his own life. He's not a little boy no more. you got to get used to that. That's what he keeps telling me. Well, it's true, ain't it? Maybe. But as long as I furnish a roof over his head and provide him with three meals a day... Every bit of which he earns. This is my house, Henry. No one is denying that. But you've got to start treating that boy different. Push him far enough and he just may turn on you. <sighs> he wouldn't dare. Well, wouldn't he? I've been watching John these past few years. Charles, that boy knows how to hate. And he's got the quickest temper. If that boy was ever foolish or headstrong enough to do me harm, real harm... He'd never again be able to put me out of his mind. You, uh, you believe that, Charles? I believe that. I'd come back and haunt him for the rest of his days. From wherever I was. Get up, boy. I said get up. Oh, oh let me be, Pa. I want to sleep. I'm tired. The sun's almost up, John. We start on the digging of that ditch from the lake. Down to the big pasture. Today? Oh, it ain't Sunday, ain't it? Get up out of that bed real fast and get dressed. Paul, I think you better get started on that ditch digging by yourself, huh? I'll maybe join you. When? Later. I said when? When I'm good and ready. What did you say? You heard. John! John! Breakfast on the table! Hey, we'll be right there, Elvira. Did I hear you right, boy? I think you did, Pa. Now you get this straight. We got work to do, important work. Building a ditch to carry water from the creek. And when I leave here this morning, you leave with me. I don't think I will. I know you will. In that case, I think you'll have to make me. Now you go away and let me get some sleep. Go to that bed, I say. Let me, stand up let me go. Feet like a man. Get your hand off me, Paul. I'll teach you a lesson, you young good for nothing. Don't you dare touch me. You'll be sorry if you do. You're gonna do as I tell you, or ain't you? No, Paul. I don't think I am. Your nose is bleeding where I hit you. Wipe your face. It can bleed. It does me no hurt. Go wash your face and hands and come in for breakfast. What are you two up to? The uh, food's getting cold. John, well, your nose is bleeding and your cheeks beginning to puff up. What's been happening with you two? I'll be right with you, Ma. As for you, Pa, you can go dig your ditch hole by yourself. And while you're at it, you can also dig yourself a nice big roomy hole for your grave. John, what are you saying? There's no way to talk. I know what I'm saying, Ma. That picture of Abe Lincoln you hung up next to the door is a joke, Pa. You still treating Ma and me like we were slaves. I... 
I shouldn't have hit you, John. That's right. You shouldn't have. I'm, I'm sorry. First time I ever did that. Even when you was a little boy. Yeah, and that's the last time. Meaning? You're going to pay for what you just done, Paul. You're going to pay for that. Where is he, Ma? Hmm? Gone off like he said he was going to with that new spade of his to start digging the ditch. Hmm. Uh, what time would it be? Oh, past noon, John. I got a lot of things to do. But I took care of the hogs and the milk cows. Well, first they got to shave, and there's a couple of letters I have to write. Ain't finished reading last week's newspaper. Oh, by the way, Cousin Henry was by early this morning. Brought you this week's paper. Hmm, real nice of him. He come by just as you two was quarreling. He stayed outside, he said, because it sounded like a very private family affair, but he heard it all. I got the paper out in the kitchen. Thank you. You know, John, your pa can't do that digging all by yourself. Too much for one man alone. Then I guess uh, maybe I'd better join him. Oh, that's a good boy. He was sorry for hitting you. He told me so, and I know you didn't mean what you said to him. You just lost your temper for a minute, didn't you? Just the way he does, right? Exactly. I understand that. Now, you be a good son and go along and help. He needs you. A person working all along, all that digging, it could kill a man his age. Even a man as strong as your pa. Well, I suppose it could. Now, you be sure to keep away from the deep part of the creek. You know you can't swim. You don't have to tell me. Yeah, I'll be going now. I'll take the newspaper, practice my reading some while I'm resting. Well, I'll see you later, Ma. Well, ain't you taking a spade with you? You'll need a spade to dig. Paul's got his spade, ain't he? No. I don't think I'll need a spade. In Proverbs we read, Hearken unto thy father that begat thee. And again, The eye that mocketh at his father, the ravens of the valley shall pick it out and the young eagles shall eat it. John May is planning to defy the teachings of the scriptures. Just how far is he prepared to go? I'll be back shortly with Act Two. highways find their way, whenever newspapers, movies, radio, and television become part of a community's lifeblood, the people gradually lose their unique characteristics and take on the coloring of the rest of the country. This has been happening in the Ozark Mountains. But a hundred years ago, these hill folk were still isolated. Their relationships to each other still primitive, still had their own fierce uncompromising ways of solving their problems. Is that you, Charles? I'm out in the kitchen. No, more, it ain't Charles. It's me. It's nearly nightfall, John. Where you been? Well, well, I told you I was going. Up to the spring. The 
creek near Medicine Lodge Hills. Then you did help your pa. Good boy. Get much done? You know? Well, where is your pa? Ain't he come home yet? No. Didn't you leave together? Well, uh, no. He, uh, he said he wanted to work just a bit more before the sun set. Well, it's nearly dark. Your pa out in the woods alone. No, I... I wouldn't worry about him. He can take care of himself. He always has, hasn't he? I suppose. I'd better light the lamp. I'm going into my room. No, no, just a minute, John. Look at me. No, don't turn away. Your, your clothes, your shirt's all tore. So's your jacket. All them brambles down near the creek. Well, just look at your jacket. And your pants, they're, they're soaking wet. Don't fret about me, Ma, please. Hey, what's this? Did you hurt yourself? You did something to yourself and you're not telling me. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, here, on your jacket. It's blood. You've been trying to wash it off, ain't you? Oh, I couldn't lie to you, Ma. I, I did cut myself. Oh. There's not something much while I was digging. A little blood from my hand got on my clothes. And, and I, I did try to wash the stains off. I, I didn't want you to worry none. Let me see your hand. Maybe I can... Why are you putting your hand behind your back? Why are you looking at me that way? There's something wrong. You... You look strange. Nothing, there's nothing wrong, Ma. Did, did anything happen between you and your pa? Come on, tell me. Nothing. I'm, I'm, I'm just tired. I, I'm, I'm all right. I, I'm, I'm sorry, Ma. I, I didn't mean to yell at you. I'm a little upset. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bed. But you ain't had your supper. I couldn't eat anything. My stomach ain't right. In fact, I, I, I don't feel well. Oh, let me help. Is there something I can do? Nothing, Ma. Just let me be, please. Well, Myra. You're Myra May. Good morning, Henry. What brings you to town this early of a Monday morning? There's some kind of trouble. I need your help bad. What seems to be wrong? But Charles ain't come back. I don't know what you mean. Well, yesterday... After he and John quarreled, he went off into the woods to do that digging. And? Oh, that was more than 24 hours ago. Well, Laura, are you telling me you ain't seen him since? And I'm worried sick to death. He ain't never done anything like this before. Of course. Elvira, did John join Charles the way Charles asked him to? Well, not right away. He left around noon sometime to... Go wherever it was Charles was working. And you ain't seen either of them since? No, Henry. John come back around nightfall. Alone. I see. That's why I'm so worried. John was in a terrible state. His manner was strange. His, his look was wild. Like a mad animal almost. His clothes were torn. Seemed to have blood stains on them. He said he cut himself. But did he say anything, anything at all that would have given you some hint of what might have happened to Cousin Charles? Not really. No, nothing. Well, where is John now? Back in his room. Oh, what are we going to do? We're going to pay a visit to Calvin Jackson, the new sheriff. 
sheriff's got to be called in on this, of course. What? What's on your mind? Nothing. Nothing, Elvira. Not until the sheriff has a good look around near that bend in the creek. If there's any answer, that's the place we're going to find it. Uh, over this way, Sheriff. Just follow me. Growth is pretty heavy back here. Charles has been promising for months to clear some of it out. Never found the time. Well, watch your step there, Elvira. Had uh, anything happened between you and your husband, Mrs. May, that would have led him to, uh, well, if... Might have given them cause not to come home. Well, Charles has a mean temper sometimes. Says things he's sorry for the minute he says them. Mm-hmm. But nothing like I think you're suggesting, Sheriff. Uh, I apologize, Miss May. Well, I think the Sheriff ought to know about John. Your son? Well, Charles and John quarreled just before Charles left. Who? Serious? But Charles struck the boy in the face. That's about all. Hey, excuse me now, Elvira. That ain't quite all. And you know that. Oh, what else is there? Sheriff Jackson has the right to know. After he was hit, John threatened his father's life. I, I, I was right outside the cabin. I heard John say, you got to pay for this. Hmm. You suppose a minute? Oh, now, here we are. Horseshoe bend in the creek. And here's the ditch that Charles was starting to dig. He mm, got quite a lot done, didn't he? Well, let's have a look. Mm-hmm. Well, now here's where he began digging. And he continued straight along this line to that spot over there. <laughs> well, this is most interesting. Well, what's that, Sheriff? Come over here. Both of you. Look at this pile of dirt here. Come out of the ditch. Oh, it looks all trampled on. As though someone had been jumping all over it. Or as though they, there'd been a struggle, a fight of some kind. And look here. These fresh footprints in the soil, Miss Clay. Oh, that one there, that, that's Charles' footprints. Those are the marks his boots make. And, and these footprints here... Well, those are the marks of John's boots. I I know by the brand name on the sole. He bought them in the store about a month ago. Henry, there's something I don't quite understand. With all the digging Mr. May was doing, where's the spade he was digging with? Well, last week I sold him a brand new spade. He burned his initials in the handle, and I... I think I see what you mean, Mr. Jackson. Yeah. I see no spade, Henry. No whereabouts, no trace of a spade. And no trace of Mr. May. But I do see this. Pages from the St. Louis newspaper. Yeah, look at the date. It's last week's paper. With blood on it. It's getting dark. If you don't mind, Henry, uh, walk Mrs. May back to the cabin i got a good deal of work to do. I'm glad to. In the morning, Mrs. May, I'd like to pay you a little visit. Have a talk with your son. No, 
You mustn't get out of bed, John. Uh-huh. Now, the doctor said you was to stay in bed. Uh-huh. And you mustn't worry about uh-huh. nothing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Don't go away. Don't you touch me. Don't you dare. Oh, yeah. easy, John, uh-huh. easy. No, it's just your ma. Uh-huh. Oh, I must have been dreaming, huh? Real bad dream. Yes. Well, you, you got to stop worrying, John. I worry. Paul will turn up. I know it. Our face. I, I just can't figure where he would have gone. He'll never turn up. And they'll never find him. How do you know? How can you be sure? I have a feeling. John, is there something you ain't telling me? Nothing happened. Nothing. Mrs. May. <laughs> Calvin Jackson. It's Sheriff Jackson, John. What's he want? He wants to talk to you. Come right on in, Sheriff. I I don't want to talk to nobody. Morning, Mrs. May. Morning, John. I've had nothing to talk to you about. I I, I didn't do nothing. Well, no one said you did, John. Well, then, well, what are you doing here? Your father's missing. No one's seen him. No one knows where he is. You were the last person with him, I believe. Well? Did you, uh... Did you have any kind of a fight with your father in the woods? That's none of your business, Sheriff. Answer, Mr. Jackson, John. Please. Well, we did have a little bit of a fight. No, nothing much. Uh-huh. And, and this newspaper, St. Louis newspaper, I found it back there. Did you, uh... Did you take a shovel, a spade of some kind with you? No, I, I didn't. My father had his. I figured we could take turns digging while the other rested. Have you any idea where the spade might be? We couldn't find any more trace of it than we can of your father. No idea. Well, that's a nice-looking pair of boots you got here, John. Now, you put those boots down. Oh, they are yours. Don't you touch them. Well, now, that's most interesting. Well, what's that, Mr. Jackson? On the soles and heels... Could that be blood? Are you accusing me of murdering my father? Murder? I never said a word about murder. I didn't murder anyone, Sheriff. No one. John, did you ever threaten to kill your father? Of course not. He never gave you cause to say to him, you die for that or you pay for that? Yes, he did. But but that don't mean that I... What does it mean? That there's a power that would punish him. One day for what he was doing. But that power was, was not you. If you're thinking of accusing me of murder, you'll have to find my father's body first. Oh, I know the law, John. That's my job. But I can tell you this. Woods already gone around the whole town of Nolan that your father's missing. And whatever evidence there is about his disappearance points to only one person. Meaning me? For your own good, John, for your own protection. I'm sending one of my deputies out here. What for? Until we find your father's body, I'm putting you under arrest. House arrest. On suspicion of murder. The relatives of a murdered man in Ozark country will sometimes throw pawpaw seeds or a tiny pinch of cornmeal over the corpse, on top of the coffin, or into the grave. Or they will pull down the top of a small cedar tree and fasten it with a big stone. 
which is supposed to help in some way catch the murderer. But when there is no grave, when there is no corpse to be buried, join me shortly for Act Three. like the May family, who lived in the isolated parts of Missouri's Ozark Mountains a hundred years ago, were once called the most deliberately unprogressive people in the entire United States. From the early 1800s on, they seemed like foreigners to the average American, secretive, sensitive, but never simple. Their loves, their hates were deep and not easily understood by the outsider. And their minds moved in an involved system of signs, of omens, and curious beliefs. Their laws reflected their minds. No, John, there's nothing you can do about it. The trial will be held tomorrow. The people have demanded it, and uh, the sheriff has too. Well, I just don't understand it, Henry. How can they try me for a I crime? I know, I know. On suspicion of murder when they haven't found the shadow of the man you're supposed to have killed. Exactly. Hasn't the whole male population searched the wood bottomlands with a fine-tooth comb? Haven't they beaten every bush in the neighborhood and come up with nothing? Then, for all anyone knows, there is nobody, no corpse. Is that what you want us to believe? That your father's alive and well somewhere? But where? Nobody knows. And nobody knows... Why he disappeared. How he disappeared into nowhere. Gentlemen, I think we all must agree with the defense that man cannot be tried for the murder of a man whose body no human being is professed to have seen. One not actually known to be dead. This case has been tried on its merits until and unless we can prove that the man who is supposed to have been killed is in fact dead, we have no case. <clears throat> on that basis, gentlemen, I, I'm asking along with the defense that this case be dismissed and that we permit young John May to walk out of this courtroom a completely free man. Uh, that be all, Sheriff? Well, a handful of tobacco plugs, Henry. My supply's getting a little low. Uh, here we are, Sheriff. Well, now, if this heat would only let up a little. Yeah, I see you're keeping both your front and back doors open, eh? <laughs> if there's any kind of a breeze lurking around the lake outside the back door, uh, I figure maybe I can catch a bit of it here in the store. <laughs> yeah, of course. You know, Henry, I'd give just about anything I own to find out what happened to that boy's father. I can't see how a man could just disappear off the face of the earth overnight. At any rate, not in this part of the world, not without foul play of some kind. Yeah, I know what you're saying, Sheriff. The men in town are still grumbling that the trial was what they're calling a miscarriage of justice. Yes, but suppose they had taken the law into their own hands and one of these days Charles would suddenly turn up. They'd never forgive himself. 
Henry O'Dell, I'm about to tell you something I wouldn't tell another soul. In spite of everything I said at the trial, the things I knew I, I had to say, I'm sure that none of us will ever see Charles May again. Unless he were to come back from the grave. Uh, sticking it between the two of us, I couldn't agree with you more. But how can I prove it? Uh, excuse me, Sheriff. There's a customer coming in. Well, I'll be running along. No, wait, wait. Wait just a minute, Sheriff. Turn around. Take a look at who's coming in the front door. Who is it? It's him. It's him, all right. Cousin Charles. Charles me. He's putting one heavy foot ahead of the other. Mechanically, is it? As if his feet were made of lead. Walking straight toward the back door. Staring into space. Eyes wide open. Another a milky white. There's no pupils in him. His hair is all wet and matted with blood. Over his eyebrow. Left eyebrow, deep gash. Blood's flowing over the whole left side of his face and neck. Onto his shirt and vest. Onto the floor. Charles. Cousin Charles. He, he doesn't hear us, Henry. He, he doesn't see us. Look how he holds his hands over his head as, as though defending himself from some kind of a blow. The fingers spread crooked like claws. Mouth all twisted open as if he was trying to say something. Mr. May. Charles May. Cousin Charles. Keeps on moving toward the back door. Charles. He's going out the door. Toward the lake. Well, shouldn't we follow him? Let's watch him, see what he does. He's going to the edge of the lake to try to wash away some of the blood. Shouldn't we be doing something to help? Oh, we, we might do more harm than good. It's like waking up a sleepwalker. Let's go out and see what he's up to. Where's he going to? I can't understand it. He was out here just a minute ago. Not a whisper of him anywhere. But if he'd have gone into the lake... Well, there's not a chance. The water's as unruffled and smooth as glass. What do you suppose was wrong with him? He must have been in a fight of some kind and wandering about in the days ever since. But how do you explain? Probably suffering from some kind of loss of memory. Oh, it's enough to scare the life out of a man. Well, we've got to find him. Let's get back into the store, Henry. I have an idea. What's that broken step? Yeah. We follow the trail of blood he left. Wouldn't it lead us back to wherever he come from? It might. And that could lead us to... To... Oh, just a minute, Mr. Jackson. Cousin Charles stopped right about here. The blood dripping right onto the floor. Now you just take a good look. Will a hive be? The floor's as clean as a whistle. Not a drop of blood here, or for that matter, any place else. Henry, Mr. Jackson, they found him. 
They found him. They found no, Charles. No, no, no. Easy, easy, Mrs. May. You've got to take it easy. Now, sit yourself down over here, Elvira. <laughs> Try to calm down. Now, what are you talking about? They found him. They found his body. The two little boys. What, 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 what two little boys? Oh, I'm sure it was boys. They was playing in the woods up near May Creek. Near where it makes that sharp turn. I tell you, it was awful. Uh, how, awful. how was the body hidden? Uh, under two, three feet of soil, covered over with layer after layer of dead leaves and twigs. And some wild hogs must have been rooting through the leaves and uncovered the handle. It looked terrible, just terrible. What handle, Elvira? The handle of Charles' new spade. Here, I brought it to show you. Broke off from the spade itself right in the middle. Let me see that. The, the, the Sherwood boys, they found him. They found Charles and come rushing up to the cabin to get me. I, I could hardly bear to look at him. His eyes, his mouth, that big hole in his head. No, 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 no. Try to take it easy, Mrs. May. We'll, we'll go back with you to make a positive identification. I, I don't know if... If I had the strength to look again. Uh, are you sure this was your husband's spade, Mrs. May? Oh, that was his spade, all right. Sold it to him myself, and there's his initials, the initials that John burned into the handle for him. C.M. Hmm. Strange. What strange, Mr. Jackson? Well, that's not a C at all. Those initials are J.M. Those are John May's initials. Not his father's. The coroner has taken care of the body. Almost no decomposition. Some preservative property in the soil, I expect. Yeah, that soil is rich in minerals. There's one thing I can't understand. Hello, Mr. Jackson. How are you? Oh, Henry. John. Well, where on earth have you been? We just come from your place, and we've been looking all over for you. I've been very busy. Your father's body's been discovered. Yeah, I know. Whoever killed him did a mighty fine job hiding it. So I was told. Gentlemen, I uh, come here to say goodbye. Well, where are you going? Party's leaving tomorrow morning for Oregon. I'm joining them to seek my fame and fortune in the Golden West. Ain't you gonna have the common decency to wait until your father's body is put in the ground? No, no time. No time for that. John. Yes, Mr. Jackson? You killed your father, didn't you? You ain't got the right to ask me that, Mr. Jackson. Not anymore. I was arrested by you on suspicion of murder. I was tried. I was found innocent. Now, I may not know too much about these legal things, but I do read. And? And you can't try a man for the same crime twice, even here in the mountains. Double jeopardy, I think they call it. Yep. Where'd that wind come from? Blew the front door clear shut. Where? Who's that? Oh, no. It's my father. But that can't be. Can't. Where'd you come from, Paul? You're dead. 
dead. Do what you're told, boy. Do what you're told. He's, he's walking through this door just like he did the last time. Toward the open back door. What, what are you doing to me, Pa? Stop it. John, John's following him. He can't take his eyes off his father. He can't help following him. No. No, I won't go with you. I won't. The old man's moving right toward the edge of the lake. Don't, don't make me, Pa. You know I can't swim. Well, it's true, John can't swim. When I look now, we just can't stand here. What do we do? I don't think there's anything we can do, Henry. They're both vanished under the waters of the lake. No, Henry, there's not a doubt in my mind. John May murdered his father by splitting his skull open with a knife-sharp edge of the spade. Yeah, I know you're right, sir. One thing I can't figure out. The wound over Cousin Charles' left eyebrow, the gash on the left side of his face. Yeah. And the half-open mouth, the hands like claws. Exactly the same as they was on that thing that come from nowhere, pass through my store and pull John after him to, well, to who knows where. Puzzles me. What's the answer? Charles once said to me that if the boy ever took it into his head to do his father any real harm, that he'd come back and haunt him from wherever he might be. We folks up here in the mountains don't like to admit it to strangers, but in these lonesome places... Yes? Well, you think that thing could have been... I have no idea what it was, Mr. O'Dell. Not the slightest. who believe that we, all of us, are walking spirits of some kind. Spirits that are shaped into a body, squeezed into a recognizable appearance of reality, and that sooner or later, we fade away into air and invisibility. That we not only carry a future ghost with us from the moment we are born, but that we are, in very fact, ghosts. All of us. Everywhere. I'll be back shortly. There are two ways of evaluating the story you've just heard. We can go along, very dramatically, with Shakespeare and say... For murder, though it hath no tongue, will speak out in the most miraculous organ. That's from Hamlet. Or, in a slightly different vein, we might be reminded of the parallel of Lizzie Borden. Lizzie, you'll recall, took an axe, gave her mother forty whacks. When she saw what she had done, she gave her father forty-one. 
Our cast included Court Benson, Russell Horton, Bryna Rayburn, and Arnold Moss. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown.